Welcome, 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 everyone, to another episode of the Option Menu Crew podcast. This is episode 20, and with you today, your uh, your hosts for today's episode are me, Ryan, and we've got Ed. How you doing? Great, great. And we've got Mike. I'm good. How's everyone? Great, great. So, uh, after we did our monetization episode last time, we decided to do some some fun episodes. And so, for, for this episode, with episode 20, uh, we are uh, going to do what we call the, the Game Genie. And uh, that is a, also an old-school video game reference for our younger listeners that may not be aware. Um, back when, uh, if you, you may be familiar with the terms Action Replay or Game Shark... <laughs> Uh, for <laughs> all the old stuff. Um, but those were ch- the names of cheat code devices. And way back when, in the Nintendo... I don't remember if the Nintendo actually had it, but definitely Sega Genesis and I think Super Nintendo had this device, like one of the first cheating devices, uh, where you could plug the cartridge into it and plug in codes to alter the, the game stuff and give yourself like infinite lives or infinite health or get debug menus, etc. And it was called the Game Genie. So I took the name a little bit more literally and decide and uh, I tossed around with the guys and we decided we would do an episode where we have a a hypothetical game genie that we've summoned and for fun each of us will get three wishes from that game genie and then at the end of the episode we're going to see if we could come up with a consensus on like what three wishes if it was just the you know, if we have to you know only choose three between the three of us to to wish for, and possibly a fourth wish that would have a monkey's paw style catch to it, but we'll we'll figure that out. But in preparation for this, we decided to come up with some rules because there are certain obvious things we could have wished for that would just kind of take all the fun out of it because you could be like there's the creativity because you're like. Obviously, you would go for, for these types of wishes. So the rules we agreed upon in our sets of wishes of things you cannot wish for. And as those who are familiar with other regular genies, you, uh, you there, there are typical wishes, and we, we kind of mimic those. So our rules were, you can't wish for more wishes or like have a wish that involves some sort of do-over if, if things go wrong. Just can't do that. You can't wish to make all games and DLC and things like that free or whatnot. That's just it, that's just unfair. It's too easy. And then also just to kind of be civil <laughs> and and nice with people, uh, this is very similar to also uh, regular genie wishes. We you can't wish for someone who's a real person to die. That's just not kosher. We're gonna you can wish for game characters to die or disappear, and you could certainly wish for other things to happen to someone. So say you wanted like a developer to just not uh, be in the game industry anymore. You want like a certain executive to no longer have decision-making power. Like you can wish for them to get fired. That's fine. But you can't be like, I wish for them to be uh, killed or something like that or, or to die. No, you can't. That's it's too dark. It's too cruel. Uh, you can't do that. So uh, nothing like that. Nothing cruel or torturous like that. Keep it kosher. Keep it fun. Um, that's uh that's that's the what we're gonna do today and so first up it's gonna be ed and no one has any specific 
there was no specific rules on what how you had to base your three wishes, but it had to be something related to video games. Like they have to be video game related wishes, and we've kind of let that be fun. And it can be either stuff with the game industry. You could wish for your favorite games. You could wish for uh, even Mike had some crazy ideas of like how he would change reality based on video games. And I and I said that's cool as well as long as it's within the rules. So. Um, with, that's the that's the thing, and everyone can kind of explain what their thinking was behind choosing their three wishes and whatnot there, and uh, people can you can change your mind and whatnot as we we go forward through that. So Ed, uh, go ahead and, and start us off and, and tell us about uh, your three wishes. Of that lamp. <laughs> so uh, my my first thought when I found out that I had three wishes to make, I I really thought. I don't, I really only need one. So for me being a, a pretty big Metroid fan, uh the the game I'd most like to see you know, period is uh Metroid 5. And I don't mean another Metroid Prime game, I don't mean another offshoot like other M. I mean the fifth mainline 2D Metroid cuz I I really prefer that style of Metroid game and I I liked fusion that was actually the first metroid game i played and it remains one of my favorites and i want to know what happens after that so i don't know i don't think either of you have played metroid fusion have you i want to say i tried it a little bit on the game boy advance wasn't it one of the 3ds ambassador games yeah it was, it was. Mm -hmm. i think i downloaded it and like booted it up for like a second but maybe i'm just yeah, also thinking of youtube videos same with me yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, do you mind if I spoil the ending? Go right ahead. I th it's been spoiled for me already. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it, it ends that uh, Samus and the computer on the space station she is exploring decide that they have to destroy the space station and send it hurling into the planet below to destroy the X-Parasite because the Federation wants to collect it and weaponize it, which... You know, the Galactic Federation in pretty much every game, it seems like they're not a good organization. So uh, yeah. <laughs> that that really begs the question of after this happens and Samus flies away in her gunship, she doesn't. she's not going to be in very good standing with the Galactic Federation. So is she going to be their next target? I mean, I, I, it, it, I'd really like to see what uh, Nintendo would choose to do with that storyline. Um, but maybe that's the reason they haven't done it because I don't know if they want to make Samus a villain or, or, a you know, an uh, outcast or, uh, what's the, um, I thought Samus was already basically an outcast, like not, other... not outcast. Um, what, what's the, I'm, I'm, I'm listening the word for when you're like on the run from the, oh, an outlaw or yeah. An outlaw. Fugitive, a fugitive, fugitive. A fugitive. That's the go. one. I, yeah, I, I don't know if they wanted to be like a fugitive from the Galactic Federation. I feel like that's what she would have to be because they had got to be pretty mad that she did all this. Um, mm -hmm. So that that's that's what I'd like to see. And uh, I, I liked what they did with Samus Returns. I liked how they added. I don't know. You didn't, probably didn't play that either, but they added a little bit more of a melee reaction command to it that I enjoyed. Um, and I liked that. They had some other power-ups like this, the um, spider ball. So they and I, I feel like they've done a good job with each of the 2D Metroids and the remakes. But I, I, I'm worried that if they do make another 2D Metroid, it's either going to be a remake of Super or a Fusion, which I don't think either of those are necessary. Um, I, 
I, it seems like they kind of painted themselves into a corner with the storyline, but I, I, in an ideal world, I think they could write themselves out of it, but I don't know. Well, um, let's, uh, just to clarify, Metroid Samus Returns is the 3DS remake of Metroid 2 Return of Samus that originally released on Game Boy. That's correct? That's yes. what you're talking about? Yeah, what I, what I mean when I mention that is that I liked the new mechanics that they added, mm -hmm. and I think that they could be able to come up with other new mechanics in a two-man Metroid. Like, you would have thought that, you know, there's not so much you can do um, to uh, expand upon the gameplay, but they added a, uh, a a combat mechanic in that where enemies would attack you and they would kind of uh, telegraph attack, and if you press yeah. the counter button, you could stun them for uh, extra damage. So... Um, I just use that as an example of an innovation that they've done with the 2D Metroids that, um, I, you know, it's it's definitely possible for them to do more cool stuff in that uh, style of Metroid game. Sure, I, sure. I think I think the real challenge is the story. So. Yeah, sure, sure. And that's uh, Other M kind of experimented with like a reaction command system that uh, seems like they carried over into into that. So that's really cool, actually. Uh, but since this is like your wish, and if you're really committing to that like that, you could use your other two wishes to make sure that game is exactly how you want it. So I, I was going to follow up and ask you, Ed, what's your vision for Metroid 5? You can use your wishes to, to make that happen, you know? Now, I'm not a video game story writer, so um, I think my ideas might be a little vague, but I, I really would like to see them to explore the angle where... Uh, Samus is not uh, aligned with the, the Galactic Federation because both in in uh, other M she was pretty much working with them, but there were some things that went wrong. And in in Fusion, it was kind of hinted at the beginning that she was uh, on this mission, but maybe didn't quite agree with um everything and and she didn't necessarily like in either of those she didn't she didn't it wasn't like her modus operandi to be like working underneath a commander or any other organization but she chose but she chose to so um you, you kind of get the idea that that she is a renegade and uh it it would be interesting to see what they would could do with that and taking taking it to its extreme. The other thing I would like out of another Metro game is um, Fusion has some moments that kind of veer almost into like horror because uh, you do have the antagonist in that that is the the ex parasite version of Samus that is this. A duplicate of her that has all her former powers and is really powerful and you run into these segments where you have to uh, run away and and you know there's these chase sequences like it's very tense i mean i played it as you know like 10 or 11 years old and it was it was pretty intense for a kid, kid of that age and um I, I i would like to see them push it even farther and mm -hmm. and make it more of a a, a frightening game i mean every 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 metroid game has some moments in it there are pretty shocking in some ways i mean like i've played i i when i remember playing metroid prime you have some enemies there that are just you know they they the 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 music starts playing and it gets your heart pumping because you know it's gonna be a, a pretty scary fight so you mean metroid other m wasn't rated m <laughs> it was not that was not the other m 
No. <laughs> no, I I don't know. Maybe it would have been better if they, they took it a little farther. Maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, but, I, oh. I, but, but I would like to see Samus as kind of uh, a renegade from the... What, whatever government exists in the galaxy, they don't always, like, expand on it that much. Right. But... Um, and and to take it in more of a horror direction, like make it make it. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe maybe like in uh, uh, in Zero Mission at the end, where you're having to hide from space pirates. Maybe you're having to hide from people from the Federation. But I I, I also I don't know if Nintendo would go that direction because that would kind of mean that uh, Samus's enemies are humans, and that gets into a little bit more mature territory than when you're just fighting aliens for for whatever reason it's it's seen as more family friendly to kill aliens than it is to kill other humans yeah yeah it's definitely uh it's a different type of thing because it's more fictional um you're, you're kind of selling me on the idea of like a resident evil style metroid game where it's like third person over the shoulder and samus is like stranded on some alien planet with all these hor horrific creatures and you're kind of just creeping around trying to collect supplies to escape uh, I would love to see something like that. But uh, just to clarify for, for you, Ed, with this being your wish, you would want it to be 2D, right? Yeah, I would want it to be 2D. But I, I could be open to uh, a uh, uh, a 3D run, but I wouldn't want it to be first person because I have played some of the Prime games. I don't love them. Um, definitely going to play Prime 4, and if they come out with a trilogy for Switch, I'll probably buy that and play those. Mm -hmm. But but I, I prefer third person and two D camera styles for yeah. for most for mo most games really. Um, over the shoulder sounds good. You know, Returnal has kind of like a space monster thing going to it. Maybe, yep. maybe they need to take some cues from the design of that. I I wouldn't want it to be a roguelike, but but that one definitely has some pretty horrifying monsters looking in the cool space aesthetic. So um, yeah. yeah. Uh now, like I said, the the you have wishes here. So, like, if you're only using the one just to wish for Metroid Prime Five, you can still use the other two to to demand what it be. So, if you want it to be like it has to be 2D, like you can do that. That could be your second wish. Um, but I I am curious since we are just exploring that there. Would you want to use your your wish to be like it has to be 2D sprite art, like really high quality sprite art? Would you want it to mimic like Super Nintendo or like Game Boy, or would you be cool with like what they did with Samus Returns, where it was 2D perspective but with 3D graphics? Well, what style I, would you want? I'm not going to use my two other wishes on on Metroid Five. Oh sure, but sure. if I had to pick a graphical style, um, I I I could see it being maybe it doesn't have to be real blocky. Like I've played a couple other um. Uh, you know, I know there's other popular Metroidvanias. I I kind of like the graphical style of of Hollow Knight. It's kind of dark and it's okay. um it's got. Uh, I haven't played really that at all, but I've seen um I I like the graphical style of that. I like that it's kind of this um drawn look to it. Um, yep. so I think that could work really well. Uh, I don't know if I would want it to be more pixel art. I played a lot of Vax Axiom Verge, and I, as much as I like the pixel art in that, like. I think it would be better if it used a more modern graphical style. I did like the uh, the the 2.5D um, graphics that Samus Return has, but they really, if they did port it, if they do end up porting it to Switch, it'll look a lot better, just because it was really limited by the resolution of that system. 3DS just has very low-res screens that hurt it, its ability to 
deliver quality graphics. Absolutely. Maybe consider trying to emulate that on on, a, on your computer or something like that. You got the new Mac, so maybe you could get that running. Yeah, in, maybe maybe in I'll 1080p give it a shot. Yeah. and see uh see how it, it truly looks. Um. Yeah, and and like to your point, I played a little bit of Axiom Verge. I rented it to give it a shot, and it, yeah, it was going for much more lo-fi. Like it was NES, but like fantasy NES <laughs> graphics, I guess I'd say, because it's it was probably capable of doing a little bit more than like pure NES hardware was able to do. So okay, that's interesting. But yeah, uh, what would uh, what are you thinking about for the your other two wishes? So um, I think I'm gonna go in order of. Uh you know, likeliness, and I'm going to save my most far-fetched wish for the last one. Uh, so number two is going to be, I would like to see just just full backwards compatibility for every system and just have all games be released digitally. And for me, what that would mean is on, so for PlayStation 5, you have the ability to play everything back to the PlayStation 1 and Probably also PSP and Vita, since there's no reason those couldn't be also played on a home system. And that I would have the ability to purchase games from that back catalog. Um, Xbox already does part of what I would want. Like most I like it. Yeah. It. yeah, but most of the modable games. So Xbox kind of already does that. Um, but there are there are like blind spots that people like one one game i haven't played but if it were if i could play it backwards compatible on the current gen xbox i would is um i'd be interested in playing jet set radio future but <laughs> that one just some games will never you know in a in a real world they'll just never make it forward because of uh music licensing or other other licensing concerns that would have to be renegotiated to allow that to happen yeah so mm-hmm. um that that's kind of the that's probably the biggest reason why these things couldn't happen. It's not technical. It's not, it's just, it's always just comes down to money. I mean, like, yep. which is a shame, but, um, and I, I, I just, just that example. I don't think there's a, is there a very good Xbox emulator out right now? I don't think, I think I've, I was hearing recently that, um, that they, they have made some strides, but there isn't really a good way to play Xbox games other than original Xbox uh not that i've heard of i'd imagine that if the 360 was properly emulated that carries a lot of backwards compatibility i think or even if they figured out how to backwards compatible the the xbox one that would a lot of that stuff might end up being figured out but i could see that being a thing microsoft just works on going forward especially for expanding game pass where they're just going to be like hey we're uh we're getting the licensing and we're just gonna port a bunch of those 360 and a lot of 360 games already have PC versions anyways, but getting a bunch of those older deals and getting that backwards compatibility just on uh Game Pass for PC like I could see that happening in the future as well so that'd be cool but I like I like your ideas and what you're thinking there so and uh it, it lines up with with um with my segment when I when we get to that uh in a few ways so. Okay, yeah, cool, cool. I'd like to see it for PlayStation because there's a lot oh, of yeah. there and are Nintendo. There are, yeah, Nintendo I would love, but they would have to like sell controllers for which they'd probably love to do that. They'd probably love to sell you 20 controllers for their one system. You know, you could buy your Wii controller for this for the Switch. You could buy your GameCube and your N64 controller. They already sell NES and Super Nintendo controllers, so but what's they don't to stop. But you don't need those classic. That's more for nostalgia purposes rather than function. I, w- I, I would, I might want to play them that way, but 
well maybe not it depends i i guess the only one i feel like you would really want a new, another controller for is the is the wii because um i well the, I guess, the, the motion controls in yeah. the in the switch the joy cons are pretty much better the only thing that would be more accurate with the wii is if you set up the um the sensor bar because the pointer there with that would be more reliable it doesn't it doesn't have to worry about the gyroscope like re realigning for that stuff but uh the gyroscope means you don't need like the sensor bar you don't need that extra hardware so really you just need a a, a joy con that can use the sensor that's really about it if they did something like that you could do yeah. it but you don't need the sensor bar with with the way gyroscopes are um advanced at this point but even if they put some of that tracking stuff inside of TVs at some point, just to modify the remotes for pointer tech, like then that would make it even easier. But I get where you're going with that. Um, yeah. So I mean, but these Nintendo, are wishes. So remember, yeah, you you Nintendo don't have to play the do what this. if. Like, no, no, I demand well, this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think of like how logically it could happen. I mean, Sony could totally do this if they wanted to, and I I think um, Nintendo could probably do it too. They they did it with the GameCube on the and then 64 on the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection. So you know they're just emulating those. Oh yeah, and I, I was when I was thinking about that kind of stuff for the wishes, I was like, okay, I'm gonna avoid wishing for anything that's logically going to happen because it's just like kind of inevitable. I don't, I don't think those necessarily are going. Right, that's what I'm saying. So I'm so what I was leading to is then Ed like you that's why with these wishes you can just say this I want this to happen and I want it to happen this way. So Yeah, I, I mean I'm I'm happen, just thinking thinking in my mind like could this actually happen? I think yeah. Metroid 5 and this could actually happen. But as we get into our next wish, I, my next wish, I, it's not a possibility. So maybe I should segue into that now. Um, oh, sorry, and uh, a mic from Option Menu Crew. Mike, uh, what were you trying to say? Oh, no, nothing. <laughs> I, I heard you a little bit. I know you were inserting a joke there. Uh, but yeah. No, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm digging all that there, Ed. Was there anything else that was bouncing around your head before you, uh, you decided on your three? Or is that pretty much it? Um, I, 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 you, you, I think, um, I, I thought less, this one is less of a wish. This is just, this is not my wish because it would be less of a wish for me and more of for gaming in general. It's mm -hmm. just maybe to ban all microtransactions. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and this, I didn't put on my list just because I, well, I don't really play a lot of games that seem to be affected by that, but maybe that's a, a case where I should be concerned because they might ultimately affect everything. Can you but, clarify you know, not... what you mean by microtransactions? Just to, just to I make mean, like, I explicit mean for the genie. Like, stuff like loot boxes, stuff like buying skins, buying little, buying weapon, like any, anything that, that if it were, you know, PS2 gen and earlier, would it just been unlockable in a game? I don't yeah. mean DLC. I don't mean like an expansion. I mean like features or content that that were clearly just developed as an extra thing to sell when when it traditionally it would have been something you could have unlocked. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean I mean stuff like yeah you know, I, I would say stuff like five dollars and less. But some of these Fortnite kid Fortnite skins, what do they run like twenty bucks? Like I, you can't even put a a, mi a minimum dollar amount because they'll just make it more expensive and people will pay that. Yeah, and then there's also like if uh I, I'm not sure if League of Legends is like this, but from Dota from playing that on on Steam, like their marketplace for skins and effects and stuff. That's also like there there's 
cosmetics that are worth hundreds if not thousands of dollars because they're rare and only so many people actually own them and they can only be traded from now on or some even can't even be traded uh, but that makes them priceless i guess so they can't be traded um but yeah so i know what you're saying i just wanted to make sure we're we're making it clear for the genie and our and our listeners yeah. what we, we meant by that so they're not raging at us like what do you mean you don't want like you know we, we don't want them to be charged for it and i i agree with you and we've discussed that on the, the previous episode yeah, so that that one's more of a for that that one is wasn't my wish just because uh, I don't usually play those kind of competitive games that that lend themselves to uh, uh, those type of microtransactions. Although Ubisoft has shown us that you can put those kind of things in single player games too, but I don't play Ubisoft games, so yeah, <laughs> and mobile I, games, I, mobile games. Yeah, no, I don't play many mobile games either, so. Uh, yeah. But but maybe I should be worried. I'm sure they'll try to find ways to charge me for content in the kind of games that I do play. So yeah, okay. <laughs> but but my real final wish is I would like to see uh, Iwata back alive and uh, in charge of Nintendo because I I really feel like his era of leadership just yeah it brought brought something special to the company. And not to say that Nintendo wasn't putting out good stuff now, but I feel like as a company, they're they just don't have the same magic. I mean, the new president, yeah. I what is it? What is his name? It's Furukawa, isn't it? I don't know who the new current it president is. Japanese. But I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. Like, like he, clearly he can't be that memorable because we don't even know who he is. Everyone. I mean, that just that just. Oh, you cut off for a second. Please up. repeat that. Clearly, he can't be that memorable because we we don't even know who the new president is, and we see him in every direct. President business. I'm trying to look up yeah. a picture of him. Okay, because it, it's Shuntaro Furukawa. Yeah, Furukawa. And wait. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Because it was. I was trying to make sure I was picturing right. No, he's. Uh, the, I don't think Furukawa's been on camera. I don't think that's him. I'd have to double check. Um. Yeah, I don't think he's been. Angry oh, has he not? Or... No, no they, maybe they, not. They've been choosing other people to represent. I don't think um, he's that kind of president. Yeah, unfortunately not. Yeah, um, he's I a mean, younger guy. But uh, For, it's forty-nine. Forty-nine years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By comparison, he's he's younger. So. Um, but uh, Iwata wasn't that old. No, I think Iwata was only like like fifty two or something when he passed away. He was like was it wasn't I no, I thought he was in his sixties, but I'll, I will double check. Uh we'll see that there. President Iwata. No, maybe not. He, I guess I guess he was mid fifties, yeah. He no, I was wrong. Died in twenty fifteen, in July twenty fifteen. He was born nineteen fifty nine. The... Yeah, so about fifty-five. Yeah, very, very, very tragic. Yeah, too young. But I would like to see him uh, back in charge of Nintendo. Fifty-six. And... Yeah. And maybe as a uh, as an addendum to that is maybe he can even bring back Reggie. I mean, Reggie is still ooh. <laughs> Forcing Reggie to come back. They keep, I keep trying to get out, and they keep dragging me back in. Uh, it but would, it would be I nice. Wada's like last idea was the switch, right? That was his last thing before. He, passed, he was definitely right? in the concepting phase of that, so it's hard to tell how much of switch um, 
decisions were, were there. It's uh, it would have been great to to know more about that. Also, but however, he might have been, if the rumors are true, uh, he he might have gotten the switch to have two eyes in it, and then we would have had the switch. And I don't know if we, <laughs> I, maybe it would be worth it. Maybe, <laughs> but the switch. Uh, I would have thought he would have been in the planning of that. Oh, he was. He was. I just we will never truly know what decisions he was making about it, um, unless someone does like a good tell-all. But it's that doesn't. That, that's not going to happen, happen for Nintendo. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Not at least for <laughs> decades. They're gonna they're gonna tell everyone to Jason Trier for book. <laughs> oh, that'd be, Please that'd be understand. Cool. That'd be the title of the book. <laughs> Please understand the Nintendo story. <laughs> I would love it. Chapter one, your body is not ready. <laughs> or uh, the pro or that would be the prologue. <laughs> uh, okay and then. What, and then the and then the final chapter is and one more thing. And one more thing. Yes! Oh, that'd be great. That'd be the good epilogue chapter. Okay, uh so Ed, those were your wishes there. Um, yeah. Was there was there anything you, you needed to quickly correct yourself on before we move on to Mike? No, I just got to calm myself down because that was that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can put... Mike, that was good. Please understand. <laughs> okay, well then we're moving on to Mike. So please tell us what were uh, what are your three wishes, and you know what did you uh, think about when when trying to figure them out? Okay, so yeah, I thought of some some wishes here so for the first wish um originally i had something different but i was thinking about about it more a little bit today mm -hmm. i was thinking how about like a star wars lightsaber like platform fighting game with like all the characters from like every trilogy and maybe mm -hmm. like even the some people from like expanded universe and stuff like that mm -hmm. and it could also have like a vr version as well but like i mean mm. the regular game wouldn't be vr but you could also like there would be like i don't know expansion yeah, or something mm -hmm. yeah a vr mode or something you so mean I like think... you mean a platform fighter like super smash yeah super force <laughs> i don't know what it would be called exactly. super force fighters <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that would be really fun like uh multiplayer type game that people would be really excited about do you have an idea of like who you'd want to develop it um maybe capcom oh okay or, okay or, um or didn't namco bandai help with super smash uh bandai namco is partnered with nintendo for the development of both smash wii u and uh, probably smash 3ds and smash ultimate yeah so maybe them actually. Okay. Unless right. it was more of a like, uh, if it was like less of a platforming one, then maybe Capcom. But if it was more of like a platforming one, then maybe Bandai Namco, since they have, they already have experience doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Um. So for my second one, it's not really like that really pie pie in the sky type of wish it's just like it could possibly happen maybe someday mm -hmm. um i'm hoping for my wishes that uh spyro will be in super smash okay okay 
Yeah. So instead of like uh, Crash or something, like I'm hoping for Spyro. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. All right, all right. And for the third wish, uh, I'm going to wish that the Switch is the most powerful system, uh, more powerful than the PS5 and Xbox Series X. The next Switch is going to be the all-powerful. More, more, more than more than but still mobile still a hybrid yeah still a hybrid but just more powerful than the other two systems i don't really know how this would actually be achieved but yeah <laughs> man i, I... It, would, it would just be like 1500 dollars, like the macbook pro and the battery would only last for like 30 minutes per charge <laughs> <laughs> although i don't know because like uh like the switch is kind of loosely based off of the Nvidia Shield and I forget and that was a decent sized PC and that was even bigger than the switch cuz it was like a tablet with controller stuff um like a, a bigger tablet than what the the switch is technically the the main base part so I don't know what the battery life was on that but I think it was kind of equivalent but it was like iPad si- it was near iPad size so if you're doing a battery that big then it's possible you could get there but yeah how big uh how big would you be willing to tolerate that that switch being there in terms of like screen size and stuff? Because um, I don't know, uh, Mike, what your if you have enough reference about like the iPad and or Android tablet sizes. Um, hmm. well, maybe like it could just be as powerful, like uh, plugged into the into like a special dock or something. Yeah, and that's a thing where, like, handheld mode doesn't actually need to be outputting nearly as strong. Like, I was even talking with some other friends, and they were saying, like, 720p is fine for the for the handheld mode, because if you have good pixel density on the screen, it looks really good, and then running at 720 is way less taxing on the processor, so you could uh, run smoother, you know, maintain a good frame rate, plus use up less battery and all that stuff. So, yeah. That's, I think uh, we could... We could have a sorry. We could have like an eight-inch uh, screen, maybe like I don't know how big. If we remove like the bezels and stuff, mm-hmm. without making it huge. Yeah, actually, thinking about that, because um, I I've always thought like the Switch could also be a little thicker, so it could fit better gear, better batteries, better tech. Also, maybe better even cooling. be better exactly. Cooling. Yeah, some better cooling. And also then it would be a little more ergonomic, I feel, because you'd make the Joy-Cons an equivalent thickness, so for people with slightly bigger hands. And I don't think that would compromise it too much on, you know, for uh, different hand sizes with that. And obviously there's already tons of accessories uh, for improving the ergonomics of Joy-Cons and handheld mode, or if not just the the Pro controllers. I've got my... I've got my Just... ruler out and I'm measuring my switch. And actually, because okay. if the rumors are true and it's going to be a seven-inch screen, right now the base size of what it is, like past the bezel, there's just a little bit more than seven inches from edge to edge, like counting the bezel there. So most likely, the switch might end up staying roughly the same size, and they are literally just putting in a new screen because it's hey. about oh from edge to edge, it's pretty much seven and a quarter. So they'll the bezel's just gonna get shrunk on the on the new switch if the rumors are true. So they don't really have to change up the size and whatnot. But yeah, they should um, just make a Superboy size. For the no, <laughs> what Superboy size? It's you tell them, Mike. Um, so there was like 
uh, one of those, you know, those like emulation, those consoles that are like, they can play like old uh, retro games. Oh, I gotta go. So the Superboy um, was a handheld, portable handheld that could play SNES cartridges. Uh, And I think it only has like about a five inch screen or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the battery life was not very good. You, mo- I mostly played with it like plugged into the wall. But you could also hook it to your TV and stuff yeah. too. So it was I have like, seen this before. Yeah, but it so is it chunky. It is chunky. But it was the Switch before the Switch because you could actually hook it to your TV and do portable. <laughs> yeah, they should sue Nintendo. Super Bowl idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but a five-inch screen would be too small. Like, for Super yeah. Nintendo games, it's per- that'd be perfect. Oh, yeah. But for, like, Switch and modern style, you know, you want the 16 by 9 and you want, like, seven inches is going to look really good when that when that new if that's the new Switch comes out. Um, yeah, but that, that size there, I think, because that's definitely thicker than what the Switch is right now, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that being, being chunky, especially if it's, like, spread out a little bit more, like, for the trade-off for getting powers, because I think also thicker Joy-Cons, better batteries. Not that the Joy-Cons die uh, easily when it comes to battery life. Battery life is not the Joy-Con problem. It's those darn joysticks, and we all know it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be cool. Or, oh, I guess, well, if they had thicker Joy-Cons, maybe they could do it where they could inset the joysticks a little bit more, so that way... They could have longer full-size sticks, but they're inset, so they're not—they're still not protruding out too much from the thing. But I don't know. Maybe that would—maybe that uh, would create the same issue there, because people like the longer full-size uh, joysticks compared to the Switch. Although I think the—they're—they're they're fine. I think people get a little too picky with that stuff. But then again, I'm not like a competitive shooter guy, so maybe that's—maybe uh, I'm the one who's who's off base on that. But yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, not that would be you. pretty crazy if Nintendo did something like that for yeah. sure. But would you ha- how make much, sure- how much would you pay? How much would you pay to get that that level of power in a handheld form? And uh, maybe not in handheld, but with the handheld plus the dock that gives you this yeah, power for, when you for dock your it idea, out, what, what's like that worth to you? Five hundred, six hundred dollars. Really? Okay, you'd pay. You'd pay. All right. I I think if it were strong enough to compete with, uh, I, I kind of agree with you on that. Six hundred is fair if it's got the handheld plus it. Uh, At least the initial, the initial mm-hmm. price. I don't know about yeah. like future, like it would go down. It's yeah. not going to go down with Nintendo the way this. <laughs> no, no. Maybe this one would, but yeah, that that seems fair to me. I agree with you on that. I don't remember if I said oh, this I on. <laughs> Switch. I don't remember if I said this on uh, one of the previous episodes, but I'll just quickly reiterate here. I was con- thinking that uh, because with the PlayStation 5 coming and because the Switch's success, that Sony might try to um, kind of copy it and they would basically make their own Switch, but it would be they take the PS4 specs, like maybe somewhere between the base and the Pro, and they'd make their own PlayStation portable new gen and that would be they could like have down resed versions of ps5 plus ps4 games and sell that portable and that'd be like their new um option between that and then you could easily like uh exchange games or whatnot and they'd try to copy nintendo but clearly that's 
that's not where they're going right now. They're very happy with just <laughs> yeah. I, I had heard TV dominating dominating too. the home market. Yeah, there I, I, I yeah yeah there were no rumors. I was just going off of my own personal speculation. Oh, I could I, read, I could I see. I read some rumors about that. Like I think I saw rumors too that they were going to make like a a five G version of the PSP. I saw. I think there were rumors. Yeah, I could see that, and maybe there were some weird patents, because patents get out there, and they have to put that stuff out for ideas just to hold them, just to kind of bookmark them in case they ever decide to do anything with it. But who knows, maybe maybe they'll get back in after seeing how well Switch is doing and with the hybrid model, and maybe they will come out with, like, a, uh, you know, PS5 Go, and then it will just be able to run at 1080p, and it'll be, like, a lower spec, and then you can just take the games on the go, but you'll buy a separate piece of hardware for it. I mean, they are doing the PlayStation VR too, so who knows? They the, might revisit those Vita ideas. The Vita Switch. The Vita Switch. Vita Switch. Switch your life. Switch your life up. <laughs> Vita means life. Okay, those were some great wishes, Mike. Was there uh, was there any other wishes that didn't you were thinking about but didn't quite make the cut? Or uh, yeah, I was thinking about like running a Battlefront three, but I want it to be like. I want it to play like the original games. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you mean the ones I... like on the PS2? Like the original yeah. original? Yeah, the original ones on the PS2. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be like that. But then um, I figured it like, I mean, it's, poss- it's very possible that they're making a Battlefront 3. And also uh, I wanted something a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. So I went with the uh, Star Wars lightsaber fighting game. That'd be really cool. By chance, did you play, I think it was like the Star Wars Force Unleashed or something, or one of those like Wii ports that did have like a, a fighting game in there with a bunch of lightsaber characters? I'll have to look it back up. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, I had I had Force Unleashed for the 360, so I didn't, pl- I didn't play it on um, Wii, but there was also... Another like Clone Wars lightsaber fighting game out yeah. of Wii, but it wasn't very good. Yeah. So I didn't really. I think I had it, but I don't remember like playing a lot of it. Okay. Yeah. 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 We could definitely use a something like that would be would be pretty fun with lightsabers or the uh and, and smugglers and lasers and Boba Fett and all that stuff. We could definitely. I could see that. There was was it? It's like Jedi. Jedi Academy or something. It got re-released on PC recently, or Jedi Academy Two yeah, that has like a free-for-all battle mode too. Switch. Yeah. Mm, there. Yes. Yep. That one. So yeah. that kind of does exist. It's not quite like a fighting game, but it is like action multiplayer, and I think it supports like at least like eight, if not sixteen players for multiplayer mode. Yeah, and that, but I don't think it had. Um, I don't think it had a lot of the original characters. A lot of them were like. Mm. Like uh, expanded universe type characters. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No. That, all those ideas are, are cool. Was there? Did you have any other uh, scratched wishes or backup wishes? Um. No, I don't have any other right now. Yeah. Okay. All right then. Uh. Then it's it's a my turn. So. Uh, same thing. I I went and I thought about it a lot, and there was a lot of easy wishes you could have made, cause just like you guys, uh, like you were doing, Mike, like there were specific games, and basically that means I'd have an endless list of wishes I could have made to pick through. So I approached it from if I was gonna use my three wishes, 
I would try to make gaming as good as I improve gaming as much as I could as a whole. And and Ed kind of alluded to some of those ideas in his sets of wishes that he was talking about. And so we were, we were very closely aligned in some of that. So um, I had pitched my three to you guys when we were originally just concepting going over our agenda here uh, to make sure we were on the same page. But then as I thought about it more, I came up with a bunch of, what I think are really good ideas. And so I've presented this list here and it ended up being 11. I had just 10 and my, my original three are mixed in here, but this is in no particular order. Um, but these were the 11 really top priority wishes that I, I kind of came up with that would have made, that I think would help uh, make gaming better in general. Wait, these are ones that didn't make the cut? No, no, I'm just going to go through the whole list and then I will state like, out of the three here, because I'm kind of presenting it, and you guys can give me some feedback and be like, which one do you uh, think might actually be the most important? You guys can help me decide on on these three. And this is not our collaborative list. This is I'm just kind of putting it out there, and we can we can talk about that because uh, I'd already brought up some of them, so it's going to sound like a repeat. But uh, I'll start from the top. There's this is not priority. This is just my list. Uh, Eleven. So uh, first one, mandatory 60 FPS in all games. So I'd even have it like, if I'd put that in, like, games going forward, they would develop with a baseline of 60 FPS, and things would be optimized for at least that going forward, and then old games, as they got, like, remade or updated and repatched and whatnot, they would be made to run smoothly at 60 FPS. Now, that's not counting, like, if a game wants to animate in a way that looks like it's kind of sub-60, that's fine. You could do that, but you can have games run at 60 while still being looking stylized to, to run sub that. Like, that's a style thing that people can achieve. There's fighting games and stuff like that where they, the way they play with the, the frames of animation, where that's totally capable within actually running at 60 FPS. It's just animation. So, just, just clarifying that. Next, Nintendo goes third party. So by that, I do mean... Uh, I guess they could still make their own hardware because they could do their own things, but I would, I guess I would uh, have them stop producing like a console and instead they would make games for PC. They put their games out on Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and then for those more creative games like Wii Sports or uh, Ring Fit Adventure, they would just then do like they did. They'd sell the game with whatever their like accessory was and then it would just come with the firmware and they'd get the licensing to be able to do that so like they'd put out the ring fit controller in the big box and it'd be like 80 bucks or whatever it was and you know you'd buy your xbox version and it would work on the xbox and or it would work on the playstation or work on the pc etc so um i wouldn't stop them from doing all that crazy stuff they just have to do it like the failed you draw tablet that <laughs> Ubisoft put out right at the end of the Wii U era, that, or no, the Wii era, and it tanked. Super yeah, hard. I, I had that. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh. You should so, have brought, brought a thousand copies, Mike. You could have had it succeed. The Wii. I thought it was an interesting idea. I, I should pull it out and. It was interesting, it but it was yeah. yeah, it was ill-timed. It wasn't the right place. Um, yeah, because like it, trying all those like quirky ideas nice yeah you could have had you draw two and that would have been a great title <laughs> i would have uh, i would have appreciated that but so yeah that that rule by no means means i would take away nintendo's creativity but everyone would be able to play mario you don't have to do that we wouldn't have to worry about being hampered by their weird 
uh, half-baked uh, or very Nintendo two steps forward, one step because we say back because we say so Nintendo styles and stuff like that. Um, so that's how that would I'd imagine that wish would work. Um, third, fighting games are more popular than shooters, and that's a very personal one for me. So that actually wouldn't be helping the industry overall. But um, me personally, that would be something I, I would I thought about where, like, I feel just shooters are so. And maybe that's just my personal perspective. I think like, but it, it's very much the same way. I feel like shooters are in gen- are very generic feeling overall because it's always like pointing, shooting, and you know maybe some stuff like there's always a grenade, there's always a jump, there's a slide, there's things you. And then maybe some. Oh, you could say that about any. You know, but that, that's oh, what I'm saying. Fun, also, fighting games are so generic. There's always a kick, there's a punch, there's always a jump. Right, right, and that's and you can't apply the same thing to fighting games. But <laughs> I think in. It, Personally, in general, I feel it is way more entertaining to see fighting games played than watching from first person. And the animations are just always cooler. It just always looks better. It's, it's third person. It's like, it, it just, in my opinion, it's more visually fun to watch. Um, and you can have equivalent mechanical depth. And also, I imagine if fighting games were more popular, we'd also see more like melee focused multiplayer games that would essentially qualify as fighting instead of seeing every single type of genre being some variation of a shooter. Like, Fortnite's a shooter. Uh, Battle Royales are shooters. Um, the only thing that's not really, like, a first-person shooter that's huge is the the MOBAs. MOBAs are, are not shooters. They're the closest thing, but I, th- I think their controls are terrible as well because it requires, like, the, the pointing and clicking with a mouse, and, like, it's not direct one-to-one commands and stuff, and I just... For me, that's also not a very fun control scheme in practice. Um, I understand there's still a lot of tactical depth to it, and it's still really good games, and I respect them in that regard, but I don't feel they're f- physically fun to play. Um, so, yeah, once again, that was, like, my one really personal wish. Oh, no, my other one here. <laughs> that was one really personal wish. The second one would also be uh, third-person games are more popular than first-person games. Right now, there are a lot of genres where games are naturally in third-person, but this kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the fact that, like, even shooters, like a lot of shooters are first person, and I think we've had this discussion here. I've definitely talked about like Paul with, with Resident Evil, and with a bunch of other games where I just feel like, even if it's the same genre with a shooter, like third person is just naturally more engaging and entertaining, and I just wish everyone else agreed with that. So I agree with you on that. I like third person a lot better. Yeah. So, and I also feel like you get better animation quality out of it because there's tricks that they pull and do. Like you can go see like uh, with with mods on YouTube and stuff, how when they pull back the camera for first-person games, how they can get away with a lot of things not being animated a certain way on the character because they have to fit the perspective or how actually jank it is to make the guns appear inside the frame, the camera frame and all that and all those weird little things. So, yeah, I just think third-person makes a lot more sense uh, for that. So those uh, those are the, the really personal ones that really don't do anything for the industry. Uh, fifth... Cross-platform play for all multiplayer games. Mandatory. We just set it in stone and finally just get it over with. Like, from now on, if it comes out and it's multiplayer and it's multi-platform, um, you know, it, not counting exclusives, but if it ever does go cross-multi-platform, you just, it's just give a given. It's going to be playable if it goes on on the Switch, if it goes on the Xbox, it goes on the PlayStation, it goes on the PC. Every single one of them are playable together. If it goes on any of the different launchers on PC, that every single thing connects and everyone's in one player pool. Just 
that should just be standard. We're kind of going in that direction, but there's still resistance on the company side for like every game doing it. So this would just be my wish to make sure it just finally happened and there's just be no gaps. Next, number six, loot boxes go away or never exist. Um, and I feel like, you know, that harkens back to what you were saying, like no microtransactions. So it's like, I think loot boxes, the gambling, that whole aspect there. And I'm not sure if it would be better to just cut them off now so we have the information from what they were like back then and then move forward from that without them ever being used again. Or go back in time and let the in, and take like it just never happened. Loot boxes were never a thing, never could be a thing. And how the industry would then have what what route that would have taken. And I have no idea what that would have been like, and what kind of ideas we would have seen, or what kind of thing problems we would have avoided. Who knows? Maybe Star Wars Battlefront Two would have find, would have actually been good from the start. And it, you know they they did yeah, retroactively fix it a lot, and it did become more of a actual video game. But still, like, imagine what it would have been like if that could have just launched to giant praise forever that it was never that. And for games, maybe even, like, uh, oh, no, it wasn't loot boxes, but it was microtransactions for, for Dead Space 3. Maybe Dead Space 3 would have never been a problem. That's a personal one for me. Uh, but, yeah, so that, um, I'm not sure which way that would go. What, what do you guys think? Do you, that's the one where, where I have the most, uh, the first one with a lot of leeway is, do you think it should be... They existed, and from this point forward, like, we have the lessons learned, and it'll just, you're never allowed to. It's fully illegal. No one will ever do it again. Or do you think we should go back in time and, like, see what happened, risk it, and see what happens if they never existed? Turn back time. No, I think they should have existed so that we could learn from them. Oh, man, we disagree on this. Yeah, I say turn back time. There's mm. nothing good about that. Okay. But the only problem with that is, like, you basically can't because you already have like Pokemon cards. You already have like slot. Like the idea of of a random chance game already exists. So I don't. I think like for that to actually be, it's not a huge step to go from like gaming on a on a slot machine to you know opening a or a Pokemon card to go into opening a loop back. So I think mm-hmm. I don't think it's actually possible to turn back time in a sense because there's too much similar that isn't games. So. I um, I posit I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I posit that with the physical stuff, because it's physical, it has a different inherent level of value because it can be traded outside of its own ecosystem. Whereas mm-hmm. with everything digital, like you could never go up to someone and be like, Hey, I have all these digital Pokemon cards, I'll trade them for your Yu-Gi-Oh set, or I'll trade them for your car. You know, like it's you can't you can't take it outside the ecosystem. You can't trade it for money. It's just locked to whatever that game, to the game itself. You can where... do that in some games, though. Can't you, like, sell hats in, like, Team Fortress 2? Isn't that an example of a game where you can actually sell the the um, the um the digital items for money? Oh, yeah, and uh, yeah. as we were talking about before, like, Dota, you can trade the stuff for real money and cash out. So, yeah, you... you... But that's, that's um, just very Valve. limited. That's just Valve. Right, sure, sure. But I'm also saying, like... In in the real world, like you could trade Pokemon cards for money and then take that money and go somewhere else, or you could even trade that for value to someone for a collector's item. Like you could put them up at auctions and people would, yeah. would do that. But it, it or you could you don't have to limit it to just money. You could trade it for other physical value. But with mm-hmm. the uh, the digital sides, um, the loot boxes are it's just an inherently different level of value, and they're they're near useless otherwise. It's just a money sink. 
Um, whereas for the physical events, because as things get more rare over time, the further we get away, or if like Nintendo uh, or Game Freak, whoever's in charge of the, the Pokemon cards, really, um, the physical side ever went, you know what? We're just never reprinting these cards. We're going to start from scratch and kind of redo it. Not like the way they did now where they kind of repurpose bunch, but like literally said, we're just never making any of those old cards again we're starting completely fresh they're all useless like those eventually then depreciate because it's physical it can wear out they can disintegrate there's fewer and fewer just like the comic book boom way back in the day um yeah that's so true it's they, a different they, value they don't last forever yeah so there that's where it's, i think it's a little bit different but i see your, i see your point there um but i think it just doesn't apply because the medium matters um next up controllers become platform agnostic you could do it just naturally. It no longer matters what controller you use on which platform. Of course, there would be the features, but if the platform doesn't support the features, you just don't have to worry about it. Like the game just doesn't use it, but it has everything else. We're kind of already there where the Switch, the Xbox, and the PlayStation all have the same basic features of two, two joysticks, a D-pad, the four face buttons, two option buttons, the four shoulder buttons. The only thing right now that's outside the norm for those is that the switch has analog tri uh, digital triggers and xbox and playstation still have analog triggers it's the only thing it's really different but as we all know like some of the games like it, it's not a huge thing to have between the digital and analog i think it's silly that nintendo went that way but whatever um but that's where uh that's where it would make a lot that's where i was kind of going with that is then you don't have to worry and just naturally you can use whatever controller there there are the third party accessories that work now and i get that so i was just thinking what if it was just natural and you don't have to fight about this and then they could just release like one style of controller with all the firmware in it because i don't know i think there's like weird licenses stuff that prevents like them from making like multi-console controllers unless it's like a super indie development team um so that's that's uh that's what i was envisioning there so having controllers be platform agnostic um part of me feels like you'd miss out on stuff like the motion controls that we have um on the wii or the joy con but then a stronger part of me says good riddance just make it all be normal controllers so i might have to agree with you on that one yeah and maybe that would also encourage other like both the uh like uh, other platform holders or the third parties to make controllers with those additional features to support more games so it, it it could it could still be there or maybe more game types would use yeah, those they because could have they... like other different accessories that work with each system right yeah because right now it's pretty much like based on a set of controllers or it's based on the platform like what's what's available um like sony playstation has the the gyro feature and all the haptic triggers now and the rumble uh, the haptic feedback plus the adjustable triggers and all that's just exclusive to playstation but third parties aren't going to really have incentive to bring that to the Xbox version because the Xbox controller doesn't have that when it has all the other stuff. And the same thing with Switch. While Switch has HD Rumble, which is close to that, and Gyro. So you could have that, but there's a lot of PlayStation 5 games that aren't going to be uh, easy enough to scale down to the Switch. So there's And then there's no analog triggers uh, on the Switch. So there's just this mismatch here, and so there's not that much incentive to make these specialized feature to take advantage of those specialized features if they're not making an exclusive game for it or don't decide to put in the effort but maybe with this agnostic thing then that would be a little more ubiquitous so they could 
plan for more of that. So maybe it would have the opposite effect where it would actually get more of those features on there rather than causing everything to stay the way it, the way it was. But yeah, that's... um. I think it would probably have the effect of having fewer features because it would be easier sure. just to standardize a base feature set. But sure. maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I don't know for... I'm not, I'm not sure either. Uh, but my main thing is like how I've been searching. I've told you guys, but how I'm searching like the perfect controller and how i really want like kind of an all-in-one because all i need is like a really good clicky d-pad in order to enjoy fighting games and then everything else about the controller can be like standard and so i really love the xbox series controller and i can use that on my pc but i can't use that on my switch and luckily i don't really play any traditional fighting games on the switch right now so it's a non-issue but for the for the number of classic playstation 4 games i still play via backwards compatibility on ps5 I'm stuck using the DualSense or using the the PS4 with both of those. I think their D-pads are inferior compared to the new series controller, but I have to deal with it. And third-party solutions can be expensive to try and find that, or they just they just don't make them because people have specific preferences, and those ones that do or don't uh, apply as whatever's most popular. Sometimes they just can't get what I want, and I'd have to buy like one of those third-party solutions. But yeah, once again. I really did want to, and I really cared enough, I could buy some of those extra dongles, but it'd be nice if it was just ubiquitous throughout. And I think that would also help for other players, like uh, how Xbox has that, um, I forget what they call it, but that, that uh, accessibility controller they have. Adaptive controller, isn't it yeah. called? Yeah, so that would even be cool where it's like, yep, this this will is allowed to just have firmware for all of it, and Microsoft can just market it, and then people can just buy that Microsoft controller and put it on their PlayStation, put it on their Switch, and Microsoft wouldn't complain. They're making hardware, and a whole new audience has opened up as a whole new revenue stream. And maybe that would then encourage PlayStation to go, oh, maybe we should do that. You know, Sony would have to do it, and then Nintendo would also go like, yeah, maybe we should also do that because people are, are buying that, and we can make a competing offer. So I'd hope for something like that as well uh, would help a number of people. So that that's um, something would that, ha that could be more uh, industry-wide helping rather than just my own personal preference there for my own petty need for a clicky D-pad. Yeah, if I could have one controller that was good for everything and I only had the one controller, I'd be happy with that. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of just having fewer devices. I mean, I, I keep stuff around because it's games I need to play, need it to play, but I, I would always like to have fewer things. Yeah, and especially now with a lot of th more things just being wireless, a lot of the wireless protocols are similar or not difficult yeah. to add to other things. Um, Xbox still uses their uh, a Wi-Fi signal or a custom Wi-Fi bandwidth signal, I think. Um, and where PlayStation has been using Bluetooth, and Bluetooth can be uh, dubious as well, but hopefully it keeps getting better. Or there might be a new wireless signal at some point, but so on and so forth. So next, moving on. You can always back up saves offline. I think we're just all in agreement. We kind of miss memory cards, and we miss being able to just be like, hey... I don't need a subscription for cloud saves. I just want to be able to put in a thumbstick or a USB driver, just back it up. And mostly I do that because I'm so frustrated with Nintendo being so afraid of piracy that now no longer can you back up saves. And especially with how crazy they make it for, it's just ridiculous for, for switching. If you need to buy another Switch and transfer stuff, it's just, you don't have Nintendo online, you're, you're, you're screwed. And even then, their cloud backup saves don't apply to every game. Splatoon 2 is like a first-party game. It can't. They can't even save some of the data. It, it just, yeah, just man mandatory. Let us do it. Let us trade saves. Let us 
you know, we were talking about Smash Brothers, you know, and you like, I would just rather borrow someone's save file and unlock all the characters and not have to do that because I don't, I don't appreciate the grind. You know, you were talking about that, Ed, and then like, yeah, we could just do that. Why not? Who cares? Let us do it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest an even further step in terms of backing up saves is, oh. I really like how on uh, Mac OS they have the Time Machine backup, where it will keep. You know, historic. You can keep a drive hook hooked up to your Mac, and it'll keep like historical copies of every file on your, on your, uh, your Mac. Even, even in the sense that, like, if you, it'll, it'll keep them as often as like every hour for the past week, then every day for the past month. Like it, it has more frequent backups for newer versions of files. So, like, if they had something where like I could just throw in like a, a solid state drive and have it connect, and it's automatically backing up. Like basically, it's it's the convenience of a cloud save, just local, yep. because you don't have to think about it. And if you want to restore it, you just hook it up and restore from the latest backup. And you can even like step back to earlier versions if you feel there's something you missed. So. Something like that it. easy, because I try. I actually tried the the backup on the PS4 recently on a USB drive, and it wasn't really as easy as I wanted it to be. I ended I ended up getting PS Plus um, because I got a deal for it, and I I wanted the cloud saves, and I also wanted you know the new PS5 PS Plus games as they started coming out. So, but it, I I looked into it. It's it wasn't as smooth as you know it wasn't that hard but it was it, it ended up erroring out for me so maybe i did something wrong but at that point i was like nah i better get the cloud saves i don't want to lose my saves yeah no i completely hear you and i i'm with you on that i think that'd actually be really cool as the next feature and i could reasonably see that even being implemented as a value add to uh to like the the paid services which leads into my next possible wish once again, these are all possible uh, for our listeners who are, who are just chiming in or might have been lost. Um, we just no longer pay for online multiplayer on consoles. Just It's out of it. You know, everything else, they have to add value if you want to pay extra for it. And so that would be a great thing, at, like you said, Ed, is what if it wasn't just automatic save backups to the cloud? It was also like you'd also have historic saves, so it would keep saving multiple steps and all these ones. And I think to some extent... Uh, you can do that on like the the PSN cloud, but it's it's a little tricky, um, or it automatically does it in some in some spots and saves multiple copies of a save from different spots. Or oh no no no, because um, actually this happened with me when I was playing <laughs> Kingdom Hearts three and the new DLC came out and the they had they'd updated and they had to change a few things. Um, if you create the multiple save files, it can uh it will it'll copy all of those individual save files to the cloud and then those kind of act as that thing but like you were saying i like it better but automatically it's just saving those files and you could roll back to previous versions if you really wanted to or even built into the game software that wouldn't be a bad idea so yeah i mean take it one step even further maybe maybe you know we're still talking about saves but maybe they just standardize the save you know you already like there's no different difference like standardize the same meth save method across games but that's that's now, i don't whole, know about that's a completely different discussion yeah i don't i don't know about that i feel like there's a much te- more technical discussion to be had on that but I, I we've been doing save files for so long you'd figure you'd think they'd have it figured out but regardless yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty clean cut just uh maybe even that one apply change it to be like we never had to pay for online at all we just had online multiplayer it was always free it just it should have been and it just we go forward and see what happens from there. So, pretty clean. It cut. used to be uh, the only the only reason it started is because of Microsoft, right? Right. So that's that's the thing. I think that one 
we could, we could apply the time travel one. Um, next up, and this it harkens to uh, these last two. Actually, Park and Ed, you, you touched on them earlier, so it's going to sound real similar. Game archiving becomes an official initiative. With essentially, Nintendo, Sony, uh, Microsoft, Sega, all the platform holders, like they just they're just on board now for you know what? Yes, here are digital versions of our games that have been re-encoded, uh, re and they are available on a digital format and PC and archiving for gaming history. They apply to um, what's that rule called? Uh, not open source. The um, fair use. Fair use, public domain. Eventually, you know, it's like whatever the limit is, the natural, the normal limit is, and then they're just available there, and that way nothing gets lost, and you can always revisit. And maybe as long as the company is still around, they can charge for it. But if the company dissolves or it becomes unclear, the IP holders, then they're just available for free on the on wh whatever the historical independent servers and archiving are. And you can go there, and luckily there's a lot of independent. Um, people doing that stuff already it's really cool how for some of the older games we've reached a technological point where like nes games and snes games and maybe even sega genesis and certain arcade titles where you can just emulate them in browser you just go to a website boot it up and they're basically like converted to flash type games and it just loads up in your browser you don't even need to download an emulator or tweak any settings i mean you could but and you could just plug in your controller and start playing there no additional work there uh so that would be really cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. And that then we'd have to stop worrying about that. And then kind of a companion to that, but hearkening to something I realized, and I had to include this because it made a lot of sense. And Edwin, I was so happy you brought it up as well because I, I think this is pretty clean cut. Licensing for like music and other IPs and you know all that extra stuff that we're hearing, the DMCA's and all that crap that's really dragging down and prevents some of the games from from in the old history from being brought forward for whatever licensing for video games when it comes to outside property stuff music etc is no longer a nightmare everyone is just cool with it it's fine you just like yep you can use it oh you already made it before then it's fine you know what you license, if you license something for a game it's in perpetuity and across and formats and platforms as long as you're re-releasing it that prop, the, same that, game, the same game with the same license, yeah. yeah. If you want yeah. to up-res it, that's fine. If you're tuning the frame rate, that's fine because of that. But you're, it's it's identical. It's nearly identical to the same thing in terms of content. It just performs better. That's cool. If you're adding new stuff, that's different. You know, you have to you have to make new deals. But the old stuff that was already there in license, it's like, yeah, you own it. That's fine. We'll figure out the money. Or even you don't need to because you paid the thing or whatever. Like, just all that stuff is no longer a nightmare, and they would be, like, under a mind spell, and they'd just figure it out, and it'd be fine. And if companies were gone, oh, well, you come to us if you figure out you have the IP, and we'll figure it out. Like, that would be that would be something that would just be so much great, and there's no more DMCA issues on, like, Twitch and all that stuff. Streamers don't, and content creators don't have to worry about, like, that, that content being flagged and their stuff being taken down. Like, everyone just gets it. Like, all the industry people who are sticks in the mud will just be like, yep, no, it's cool. We got it. So I had to stick that on the list as, as number 11, as possible. So, as you guys will remember... Did you, um, speaking yeah, of on. music, did, did you see that uh, a Twitch stream of a Metallica performance was dubbed over to avoid copyright issues? Like, they couldn't even stream their own concert? On the, it, yes, on, yes. On Blizzard, Blizzard's channel... 
and like when and Metallica was like they were the ones originally against you know Napster in the days. Yep, it's kind of kind of ironic. For our listeners who aren't aware of that story, just to recap, to the best of my understanding, uh, is that for the this year's BlizzCon, which had to be held digitally, they wanted to have Metallica perform because apparently it's like some sort of thing for them. Metallica wasn't able to perform live or refused to play live because obviously COVID, but they had given them the opportunity to play a pre-recorded a jam session, it looked like, because it looked like in someone's basement, honestly, of of the concert of the Metallica playing a song. But then when they streamed it, when Blizzard streamed it on Twitch, it got replaced with um, public domain yeah. music because yeah, they the, were afraid the article, of being I read called it slightly, slightly aggressive elevator music. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that's the sort of thing where even though Blizzard like probably had some sort of agreement for that that stuff there it's like the music company still may not have signed off or the bots on twitch may have caught it and destroyed the stream like that's it's so ridiculous that you can't even get that close to something official that's like signed off on and you still have to worry about someone going well we might not be getting as much money or someone's gonna pirate that music like just guys come on like sell the song like come on Solvable yeah. issues. Piracy is a customer service issue. Get over yourselves. But yeah, so that's where that kind of comes from. Uh, great, great point at bringing that up. So yeah, uh, those were my that was my eleven possibilities. And as you'll remember, guys, when I was when I texted you before, my my three my top original three were Nintendo goes third party. Um, cross-platform play for all the games, and then fighting games become more popular than shooters. Those are my original three. Are those still your three? Ah, that's the thing. I'm willing to drop the fighting games thing because the licensing or, like, the game archiving or the not paying online, like, all the other things that I just... Pretty much all the other ones, minus, like, the third person and the fighting... And the mandatory 60 FPS, I feel like... Mandatory... The 60 FPS thing is something that's going to be an eventuality. Eventually, it's just not going to be an issue. Whereas any of those other things would infinitely make the industry better. Um, and I feel like... You can take one for yourself, though. That's allowed. You're allowed to be a little fish. I, I know, but you know what? It still helps me, even if it's one of those other ones. So I'm trying to think. I think I would go with... Because it would most directly affect... Um, consumers, like, getting money back would be wish number nine uh, uh replacing the fighting games as my official third wish which would be no longer pay for you ne we never had to pay for online multiplayer in gaming like it was just given if it had multiplayer you don't pay extra for that all the services had to justify their value without it so and yeah, that would subscriptions, be subscriptions add value they don't yep. they don't just block out a feature Yep, exactly. No, no paywall for that feature. Because also the like when Act 360 did that originally, like they had a whole debacle because people couldn't technically use Netflix at first because they had to have gold, and then eventually Microsoft's like, well, all right, you're right. Yeah, we shouldn't be charging you twice for that. So, um, <laughs> I think Netflix might have actually might have lawyered up against him. I'm not sure about that, but I, I makes me laugh thinking that Netflix went like Microsoft. Come on, <laughs> you can't do that, or else you got to give us a cut too, or something like that. But yeah, so I think I replaced that as my third wish. So once again, 
Nintendo goes third party. I don't. Uh, I don't like that one. <laughs> you you would love it. You'd eventually love it. Uh, if the, if they were if 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 I could like buy all Nintendo games on PlayStation, but for like certain games you had to buy the Nintendo controller, but you could use that same Nintendo controller across different games, like. And and maybe if it may, how about this, Mike? What if Nintendo went third party for console games, but they maintained just the handheld market? Because I feel like you know this with the Switch, you're basically getting console games on the go. Like I don't consider a lot of the games on Switch to be like handheld the games in the sense that they were for like Game Boy or DS or 3DS, just because they're 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 not of the same. Like they're a much larger scale. They're not. They're not games that are portable in the sense that they're more bite size and you know smaller scale. I mean, I would like to see just a dedicated handheld that has these smaller scale, less complex, and maybe not sixty dollar games. Because you know now everything on Switch is a sixty dollar game. Even stuff like Link's Awakening that is, you know, it's an update, but it 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 just doesn't feel like a handheld anymore. What if Nintendo just cornered the handheld market, but their console market was handled by Sony and Microsoft? I just hate the idea of like, like one of the original companies to like pioneer gaming, like just suddenly becomes third party. Like, I I get I hear you, Mike. You hate the idea that more people could play Mario. I understand. I feel for you, <laughs> uh, but you. But unfortunately. <laughs> We're just going to have to pry that from your hands. We're going to have to let Xbox and PlayStation people be able to play Mario as well. Sorry, you just got to deal with it. You know, he hates but... the idea that you could play a 3D Mario game without having to waggle your controller. Action. <laughs> no, He's like, Mike's that. like, I had to suffer. They have to suffer too. Um, no, but uh, you know what, Ed? Like, that's a good point. Like, they could still make technically make their own hardware, but literally they would just release their games on everyone's platforms as well. <laughs> like, that technically works. Just nobody... Uh, nobody, like, nobody would buy their hardware if that were the case. Uh, not necessarily true. I mean, because now that I think about it, like Xbox is sort of doing that. Like they put Ori in the Blind Forest on Switch. They they were trying to put Game Pass on Switch, and they probably pitched it to Sony as well. But it's it's more. I just uh, think we wouldn't have got things like the Wii. Like if they went third party, we wouldn't have got things like the Wii or like um even like like hybrid systems like the switch i don't know if we would have ever gotten something like that if it wasn't for nintendo being um having their own consoles and being first party with the switch i don't know what i'd have to say about that but i i personally i think i'd be fine with that not being a thing because i could just buy a gaming laptop and play my favorite nintendo games on my gaming laptop portally portably so i uh, i would have rather they just kept <laughs> or it goes the, to the ipad the, i don't even care they should have just kept they what if they just got after the wii u they just kept i i still think keep the 3ds line because i think the 3ds was a more interesting handheld than the switch is the switch is just a what? tablet that dies. no the switch is just a tablet that do- well maybe that's a the 3ds doesn't even have two analog sticks two real it's bad it has it has two screens it has touch it screen didn't like, e- it, the touch screen wasn't even capacitive ed you have to admit like it is like that's those nintendo eccentricities where it's literally like well we're just being we know it's better but we're just going to be cheap like I'm not that, saying I'm not saying you stop at the 3ds, but you you move yeah, more with that powerful like DS. Uh, the the folding form factor, the screens, the touch screen. Like I liked what they were doing with that as a 
than I do I, with the Switch. I don't disagree yeah, with could, you like on the clamshell. A better, a better, a they better could do version that for a Switch. Like they a future could, Switch could be like that. They could make uh, it be tough, especially with that screen size, because you have to make it symmetrical. Well, you you don't have to, but it's better if you make it somewhat symmetrical. Um, for for that. But yeah, I could uh, like I can get behind the idea of the clamshell, but not like the 3DS itself was still like half baked. It was weird Nintendo. I like uh, the 3DS. I it was fine for the time, but it was not as good as it could have been. The Vita was arguably still better than the 3DS. Actually, I will say that the Vita was better than the 3DS. It just didn't have the games to prove it. No way. I I I'm gonna stand by that statement. Like the the original Vita with the OLED screen pioneering that. Uh, I think it was only 540p, which kind of sucked, but it was. I think that's still higher resolution than even the 3D screen for the top screen for the 3DS. It had two actual analog sticks. Yes, they I were really, small I really like the dual screen and what they did with that. I like, like the dual screen too. I yeah. don't hate the dual screen, but I will take one larger capacitive touch screen over one 16 by 9 screen and then a 4 by 3 non-capacitive. I just remember playing games stick. that like totally took like um, where you were using like the touch screen and it. I mean, they were fun to play too. Yeah, but but we know Ryan hates those games. Like I, I love the world ends with. He hates the game that's around that game. So. I don't hate it. It's just it truly was like it was a unique gimmick that ultimately the gimmick was awesome. Doesn't really it wasn't really <laughs> necessary to achieve the goal. Right. It could have been easier right. to play. I remember one of my favorites was like pack picks or whatever. You drew like different size Pac-Man. That was fun. I'm not, like I said, I'm not against the touchscreen aspect, but I'll take the one bigger capacitive over this secondary smaller one. Cause it's just, well, they could have, they could have made it better over time. They could have, but they didn't. And now, well now the switch is capacitive. And like I said, I'm taking that cause it's essentially an evolution of the Vita. And I, I like, think I better. like the stylus. You could still they use a stylus. On a capacitive screen, you just have to buy a capacitive, capable it's not stylus. As, it's not I, I've used a stylus with a screen. You really need it to be like active, active stylus, like with Apple Pen, for it to be good. And but they should yeah. develop one. And, or, like the, or like, or like the um, the Samsung Galaxy Note. That sure. one works well. Yeah, they just. But, but this is way off the original it. conversation. Mm-hmm. But but you you can tell that this is really a contentious issue, and <laughs> when it sparks this much. You know, kind I mean, of it's been yeah. much discussion. It's it stemmed from Mike being greedy and jealous and not wanting other people to play not Mario. So that's I, they I'm, just, just I'm just joking with you, buddy. No one's, no one's stopping I'm them just, from buying it. Yeah, okay. Well, why, yeah, why? Well, I had you are the last person who would advocate for anyone to have to spend extra money on anything. So you're gonna have to take that back <laughs> right historically, now. Historically, like Nintendo systems have been pretty cheap. Like. I mean, the Switch is They're pretty expensive, affordable. but historically, like they've the been Switch is expensive cheap. when the when Joy Cons are consumable items and the games are always sixty dollars. I, I eat Joy Cons for breakfast. I mean, that's a whole other discussion <laughs> that we'll get into on one of the monetization episodes. Is like the base price of games and digital goods and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah. so we'll save that. So let's move on to our final segment here, and see if we can't collectively. Pick three wishes and see if we we want to do a, a fourth bonus wish that is a monkey paw drawback. Uh, and we'll we we while we do if we do do that, and I have stressed that if we do, we will pick the drawback, but we will make sure it's something that is meaningfully painful to us in order to get the thing we like. But okay, so first we'll go around the room again, and 
feel free if you want to say what would be your pick for uh, the three wishes now hearing all of our wishes. So we'll, we'll go back to, to Ed first. So now having heard all of our wishes, Ed, what's like a wish from that you would want to pick there or even your idea for the three wishes? Um, and I, actually, I'll, I'll write it down so we can... Uh, we should have had a doc going because we could have could have shared that and everyone could have been looking at all the wishes we did not plan this out properly but that's okay we are <laughs> we are figuring this stuff out and um if hopefully i would like to do this kind of episode annually so we can always revisit because we might have new wishes and stuff and hopefully some of these things will have come true and then we don't have to wish for them um but yeah ed what uh what three would you want to vote for considering that you've now heard all our wishes well i might suggest that that having uh iwata back at the helm at nintendo is one that we could all agree on but i'll let you guys say that what you feel on that oh we're going around um, the room first so yep iwata mm -hmm. yeah um your your third wish was that online is not a not a not is free right online play is free right yeah, not pay for online and retroactive yeah I, I i'd have to pick that as one because that's a big sticking issue with me for a lot you know because you know, I do get value other than play, but I don't feel. I, it just feels like something that is wrong to to yeah. paywall. And that would directly give um, people money back because it'd be we we do the time travel retroactive. Yeah, um, <laughs> Mike, what was your third one again? Are you talking about the all powerful switch or Spyro and Smash? All all powerful switch was your third one. I kind of like the idea of an all powerful. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if it's the one device, it, and but that, but yeah, I, I like that idea because I would like. Okay. There's a lot of third-party games. I feel like, um, you know, there aren't uh, too many um, Sony or or Microsoft exclusives that I feel like I couldn't live without. So, yeah. um, if I could get everything and have it be on Switch, and I think I would like that, especially if I could, it would maintain the handheld nature of this. Yeah, still hybrid, so. Okay, okay, that's great. Mike, what would be, what are your three votes now that you've heard all of our wishes? Um, I and you would can say... still come up with something new if you wanted to, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, bring bring Iwata back. Okay. But, uh, yeah, bring him back in puppet form, like they when they did the Muppets. <laughs> in puppet form? Okay. Not zombie form, zombie, zombie Zom wada. Has to be, yeah, that'd be a monkey paw wish. He has to be zombie puppet. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, second wish. Um, yeah, but not really. I'm joking. Yeah, I what I say puppet for? Um, uh, yeah, for the second one, I also like uh, the idea of having uh, online be free for all the systems. And. Uh, I guess it's the same as add uh, all powerful switch. The it's... one switch to rule them all. Yeah. <laughs> switch. Okay. All right, and then uh, so that would leave for me. Um, uh, you know, I, I I guess I guess we really are kind of in line here because uh, I think I think a lot of coming back that would be pretty cool as long as that didn't lead to contradicting our third wish there we'd get the third all-powerful but i guess since we wish it with the genie that means that iwata would be on board for that or he would he would spearhead that so <laughs> he'd do the the we the wii u too yeah oh it's... although 
quick aside. It, it comes. Uh, it comes. It comes with uh, U2's latest album built in. You can't. <laughs> you can't delete it. <laughs> That'd be awful. But yeah, quick aside. I probably mentioned this on one of the previous episodes. I and I forgive listeners. I'm going to be saying that a lot because I forget because we talk about the, all this stuff on the side as well when we get ready for the episodes. But um, but if you guys remember, just you know, say so. It was saying that I think for like whatever the switch successor will be not like the the upgrade like a real like when they get ready to do like a full real generation leap with the switch i feel like that's what they're building up to is they will pioneer some new wireless hdmi stuff so that way you can hold the switch in handheld mode have it beaming to the tv to um to project the, the the screen and then you still have the controller in your hands and you can use the touch screen there for the Wii U style features and basically they then realize the Wii U as people really wanted it which was you hold the console and then it beams out to the TV and that projects a different thing and on the screen you can still do stuff with a second screen so uh, maybe we add that and that'd be part of our all-powerful switch upgrade is that you have the all-powerful switch plus the wireless HDMI so you can have your Wii U 2 your we switch you how about that <laughs> <laughs> no just yeah the switch you all right yeah, uh, that would be pretty sweet okay so uh, yeah I think we we have that there I think we're pretty much in consensus our three wishes would be bring Iwata back to life in full health he would be able to live a normal life uh, to whatever the next natural you know death would be <laughs> morbid to say but that's what it would be um not all we would retroactively through time say we never had to pay through online and all that money would go back into people's pockets and the industry would just deal with it and then an all-powerful switch maintaining hybrid it would be as strong if not more powerful than the ps5 um, it would then be able to do the wireless HDMI where you, it would broadcast the main screen out to your TV if you wanted. You don't have to, but it could. And then you can use the, the touchscreen in your in your palms with the extra with, with the touchscreen features and be able to realize the true Wii U experience as it would have been intended. Or we assume it'd be intended. Um, and then that way we could also get more third-party games at full capability on there. Nintendo games would actually be able to be made at like without so many limitations and whatnot. Um, yeah, I so actually, those... I actually don't think you know other than Zombie Iwata, I think the <laughs> other two are not that outlandish. I mean, I think it's definitely possible that that online play does become a free feature, uh, especially now that. Uh, you know, there's more of a focus on getting games as part of your subscription. That might be something just to lure people to the platform. And we know from what Apple's done with their ARM chips that, that you know, you, you can have a very capable processor that is extremely fast and also very efficient and, and be mobile. So I, I think I think both of those are, are possibilities in the future. So... Yeah, no, um, I think Microsoft would be the first to do it. They would be most likely to be like, you know what, we've got enough people on Game Pass, we've got enough people buying into Xbox services where we can now make that a benefit. You know what, we're just not charging for online multiplayer. People do that. But I bet, like, obviously it's it's bringing in money. It's basically free money for them. Um, but I wonder if they have the stats to show how many people literally only subscribe and only do like online gaming. And how many of those people that how much money that would mean they'd lose because there's people who are not taking advantage like there's probably 
I'm going to pick on a specific demographic of gamers here. But there's probably people who only play, like, Call of Duty and FIFA online, and they never once claimed an Xbox Live Gold game. They never once took advantage of, like, a sale. They never once used one of those other bonus features that's with Xbox Live Gold. And so Microsoft has that data to know, like, we would lose X millions to billions of dollars if we actually took that out. It's because probably people, a lot. It's probably, it's probably a, lot. a lot. And they, they, you know, we've talked about that before as well, is that they're scraping and scrounging for as much money as they can. It literally has nothing to do with being reasonable. So um, I think you'd have to force that for everyone. That's that's why it makes a good wish. And then the second thing, the, the, the unrealistic part is that Nintendo, unless something seriously changes... Nintendo will not go for making a super powerful handheld. And actually, I'm going to argue this. I'm going to argue this with our wish and add one more part to the to the part three wish of all-powerful Switch. They would foot the bill for it being extra expensive. So they'd be like, super powerful Switch with the beaming capability of the thing. Because that, that part's realistic. It just, the tech needs to get there. Uh, it's not quite there. And even with the Wii U, like... I'm sure we, we've all experienced the Wii U. That that connection to the gamepad, while not absolutely perfect, was pretty darn good and responsive. Like, I played Smash uh, Smash Wii U on there a few times, and it really didn't feel like it was that bad, And e- even though then for other games. Like, playing beaming to the, to the, to the, to the gamepad was pretty good. I, that, that part wasn't that bad. So it's like just reversing it and making sure it connects, and we've got the you know, phone, smartphones and tablets beaming to TVs now. It's it's not it's not like the tech isn't on its way. It just needs a little more tightening to reduce latency. Um, well, when is add- it going to beam us to the TV? Yeah, like Mike TV and Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, then we can get off of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I will add that Nintendo in its foresight would also be like, we're going to offer this super powerful hybrid handheld, and it's still going to be $300 at max price. Because they're like, because they make enough money. They do. They make it enough money. And we were having that side conversation in Smash about like the Smash DLC, as you guys might recall from the other yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, they totally have enough money that they could foot the bill for that. And a lot of these other companies do. And that's where I also feel like Amazon and Google, if they really wanted to get in the gaming space, like they should just build gaming PCs, make it super cheap, and just ask people to subscribe to their gaming services on the hardware and just foot the bill to break in. Cause that's, that's, what's going to get like, that's the easy way is make that buried entry where it's super cheap for people to want to dabble and try, but then they'd they also should just give you response. a free all powerful switch. <laughs> uh, we can't wish for it to be free, but we can wish for them to keep the same price for it. I, I will, I will draw well, the line there the, or if the genie's going to no, the G the, there was no rule like that. Yeah, there was, we that can't, was we can't make all games free. Like it was, but you uh, can't like well you can make a system free you, they hand them out at GameStop. <laughs> we're gonna you know Walmart. what you know this what mike you know what mike we'll use that to transition into our very last part here for monkey paw bonus wish i i will not and i will back you i will support you on okay the all-powerful switch could be provided for free you you still got to pay for games like that's that's not negotiable because you can't make games free but we'd have to give something in trade. We have to have a con for that immense positive. So if we're going to take that all-power switch with all these features we talked about, and <laughs> they'd give us, they'd sell it for free. I don't, I don't even know. What's the con? Um, what do you, under what, the a hundred of them explode? <laughs> One hundred out of every thousand explode. <laughs> I don't know. 
What if what if I I might suggest that games are a hundred dollars? Game prices go up though. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, I actually the, the, go on. Oh, I was going to say like the gaming service or whatever is like it's like a hundred dollars a month or some ridiculous price. Yeah, Mike. So you were going in the direction I was going to go. What we talked about before in the subscription episode for monetization was, what if. Um, the system itself was like no extra cost, but you had to be subscribed to the Nintendo subscription, whatever, the Nintendo online service, and then that would have to be like 30 bucks a month. The only way it worked. Like, remember I was talking about that option where... Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I feel like maybe that that's it, but I don't feel like that's... I don't feel like that's harsh enough. But I don't know, like... Yeah, what for you the, the exploding is pretty harsh, because you don't know if you're going to get, like, <laughs> effective. <laughs> You don't know if you're gonna get an effective system or not. Yeah. So like it's at your own risk. Well you have like a, a 0.0001% chance of dying when you buy your switch. You have to yeah. like sign a waiver or whatever. <laughs> I mean you still technically have that chance there because there's is like a chance for catastrophic failure of the switch, like the battery or something could short circuit and the batteries are still dangerous. Um if they catastrophically failed. Like it's not um not an incredibly high chance but you know like we all know the stories of the batteries uh, batteries and phones exploding and like maiming people so be a it could be it would be a similar risk i feel like that's that might be a bridge too far like literally threatening lives with that so that's where i'll say like threatening like it is you're saying that there is a definitive risk like 100 out of every thousand switches explodes that's that's 10 percent of switches explode yeah that's a pretty i would say that's a pretty fair like i think that concept in general is really is too much but i feel like if (laughs) if we're going to choose that it would have to be that level of dangerous in order to make it viable like yeah it's free and games stay the same prices but all powerful switch hybrid free might explode and hurt you uh i, I would sign the sign the waiver before you buy it exactly you have to sign the waiver so um but yeah do i mean uh i think the subscription thing might be a little more make a little more sense like uh, but paying like 50 bucks a month for that what would you get what would you get it's just the switch like but then you're just paying a subscription for the switch and so actually that's even no you would uh, nintendo pass. you could get like yeah nintendo pass or something I think we're asking for too much with that. I think well, if it was a hundred dollars a month, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the, really like that's twelve hundred dollars a year. You could buy like two <laughs> super switches for that. What? Yeah, you, but you, it's you, the only. I, I feel you buy like so many games because <laughs> you still got to pay for the game. So that'd be that'd be like Google Stadia. That's <laughs> it, it. That's almost as bad as Google Stadia. So no, I, I like no one would buy that. We we handicap. Only no Mike, one would take it for free. <laughs> Mike, yeah, no one would take it for free. Like Mike, because uh, it's technically not free. You're subscribing. That's, Mike, so that's, you just you just drove Nintendo to bankruptcy with your leadership. Did. This did. is why we need Iwata. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's see, free Switch games stay the same price. Uh, free Super Switch, Mega Mega Switch, Ultra Switch, Perfect Switch. Um, what if what if like okay, so you get the Switch for free, but like you get this nope. all powerful Switch for free, but like you can only game for so many years, and then your hands like. 
won't work properly. Yet. That that already naturally happens. People get old and get arthritis. Like that that happens. I know, but like a faster rate. Like, it happens in like five years or something. You have all these morbid ideas. How, how about this? New Super Switch, but there is never another Mario Kart. Oh, <laughs> I think that's a fair trade-off. That, I think that's that's the monkey's paw, right? Like there. that that would hurt me too, because I I really like. So you'd we'd be stuck with Mario Kart Eight Deluxe for the rest of our lives. Yes, but it would always be there. Yes. No. So you wouldn't. <laughs> do it. I do not you accept would, this. Rather... <laughs> I do not. It's not worth it. <laughs> I'd rather have the hundred every hundred out of a thousand. <laughs> he would rather run the chance that his Switch Pro would explode at some point. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I would love to make that like the title of the episode. Mike would rather have his Super Switch explode. <laughs> oh, that's great. I think it should just become like the all-powerful Switch. Uh. Oh, we don't have to worry about the name because that's not the monkey. Oh yeah, we could give it a terrible name, but that's not bad enough. It's people, if it's free, people will not will not care. Um, <laughs> something reasonable because the subscription's a little too much because it's just. I mean, that is a lot, but then then essentially you're still paying for it. It's just you. you what if you can do. only play it for thirty minutes a day? <laughs> no, people would also like not do that. I think that I think that also like tanks. Well, no, you would take it if it was free and it just timed out. Like, what do you really I, I think, have to lose? I wouldn't take it for if I wouldn't no, take you it. and I would be like, even yeah, I, like it is free, but I'd still have to buy the games. And that's the thing, like I'd be buying the game, and so any game I buy on the Switch, like I I just go to another. That that's a convenience thing that would push me to another platform. What if it wasn't thirty? What if it was a little bit more reasonable than thirty minutes? <laughs> I mean, if it's handheld, there's already the battery life limitations till you plug it in, so it's like that doesn't. No, I feel like that there's already natural stuff there. Where Free you're, you're switch, but it but it uses double A batteries. <laughs> oh my god, it's the new Game Gear. Um, oh no, it uses oh my like god. double you know, A and triple A batteries, and it like it uses like ten double A batteries and like five or four triple A batteries. Oh man, I think uh, I I do like that. You know what? Um, no, let's. I'll, I'll take it up a notch. Let's do this because just to make it maybe a little more realistic. Or it uses uh, those like ridiculously huge batteries for like flashlights. What are those? Are those are those like the? I don't know what those batteries. It's the HD. Yeah, the the Mega Ultra. All the one the one switch to rule them all. But it, it's and it's free. But it takes like eight nine volts to run, and it only. <laughs> For like it, uh, undocked, no, because you could just dock it. You could just get around that. So it has to be something. No, because it's going to be wireless, so it has to. It needs that battery life. So well, it's not going to maybe... be pure wireless. Whoa! Oh, yeah, it's pure. Like yes, you're not. They they leave out the HDM uh, any sort of way to power it outside of batteries. Yeah. That's but it. maybe it's like That's this it. new it's this new form of battery or something but it's like these nope, little nope, like we're going with nine volt we're going it's going to be like eight nine volts or 12 nine volts or something or whatever it has <laughs> to be massive though like... it might it might be but that's what it's it's got to be the all massive switch it's got to be the all-powerful one switch to rule and i don't think i don't think, I don't think can like you a... buy rechargeable nine volts i don't think you can 
There's I don't no like, know if you there's can. No, like, there's no like Eneloop 9-volt batteries. <laughs> I don't think you can, but I think that's uh, that's the price. You all that's what always... I'm saying. Yep, it's perfect. I think <laughs> it that's will come it. with like a coupon where you can and you can get two dollars off the batteries. Yes, exactly. So that I think we found it, guys. That's our monkey's paw. We can have the free, the the super perfect switch, one switch to rule them all. It'll be all powerful, and it will. Uh, and it will run, but it runs only wirelessly. For you know what, we'll say they they managed to figure out how to make it run like at like three to five hours, or like five hours minimum, say, or something like I don't know, three to five hours, whatever. And it takes, but it takes <laughs> twelve nine volts to work, eight or twelve or whatever. What about like? Uh... It has to be at least eight nine eight eight nine volt batteries. Non-rechargeable. You can never. You'll never be able to plug it into the wall. Nintendo just won't let third party do it. It'll only be for whatever reason. It only works with nine volts. That's our monkey's paw. What about like the D batteries or something? Yeah, I, I was gonna say. I just. I just heard the finger close. We found it. Um, that is true. It is. It has more power juice in it. Is it nine volts? Just more. Also, how expensive are they? They're not uh, cheap. And if you have to constantly replace them, then that's it's gonna pile up. So that's that's uh, just more power. Please, please understand. Yes, yes. Oh, understand, please. <laughs> uh, energy density of nine volt versus double A. Nope. And the the advertisement has like a lot of coming out of like with like holding the <laughs> this is terrible that's <laughs> like that's like using dead celebrities in... <laughs> no um i, I while well, you're looking at the batteries like i think i have an idea for what i would have as as a um monkey's paw okay Go on. um not quite as ridiculous as Mike's, but I, I I like the idea of having the whole back catalog available on PlayStation. But for me, the monkey's paw would be that it is you can only play the games as part of a subscription. So um, it's not quite as drastic, but I I would I would not want to have a subscription. But I, I would if it meant that I could play, you know, a lot of the old ps2 ps3 all those games that i would want to play i would probably accept the subscription um even if it were fairly high priced i don't know 30 dollars a month as, as well as long as i is do i have to subscribe for it at, at a year at a time maybe i, could I don't know perpetual. I, th I don't see why there's no reason you can <laughs> you have to manually re-up all the time no i'm saying can i subscribe it a month and turn it off the next month Hmm. Well, but then how you'd not do... be able to play the games. You have yeah, to be subscribed to play. Yeah, I think that that would be a monkey's paw for me. Is uh, I would if if the only way to play the backwards compatible library on, you know, on a Nintendo or a Sony system, or or even if it were you know even if it were Xbox, every prior Xbox game would be to subscribe. Then I think that would be something I could deal with as a monkey's paw. So. That would only be for, like, old games, you're saying? Or... Yeah, yeah, like like the past, the historical catalog for PlayStation, not new games. I, gu I guess it would be like how PS Now is now, but it has everything back 
you know, maybe if PS Now were thirty or forty dollars a month, but it had everything back from PS3 and PS2 and PS1. I'm saying they do it for chargeable. Now. Do they? It's apparently, according to Wikipedia. Oh, it'd still be expensive. It would be expensive. <laughs> That's no, why I'm saying, like a new battery that doesn't exist. That like they don't have. Nope, it has to be something that exists because we need to be able to. Accurately you know what would be cool is if we could do like a reenactment of this and like do some like crazy voice for like the genie and like, <laughs> yeah. you, want, like you want to edit that mic you can go ahead and edit that and we'll film. <laughs> i'll make a video be <laughs> but i don't know how to do like the or we need somebody else to be the genie or something or i don't well, know not, okay, we'll, we're we'll not going to set expectations okay i can't seem to get a complete answer right now we're, we're we've been going for a while here but we're gonna say nine volts for now and figure it out so um but yes that 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 was the monkey's pause it would then it can't be plugged in ever you have to run it off of at least like eight nine volt batteries um and and for whatever reason they can't be rechargeable we'll say that how long does it last um let's see five hours let's say minimum five hours it runs longer if they're like 2d games and stuff like that that don't have high draw we'll say that free but it has it requires like eight nine volts at a time minimum at a minimum of five hours but like it, it's ma- it's like five to eight hours we'll say like switch light levels of like battery light but you have to keep replacing the nine volts so that that that's the monkey's spot it's because reggie is working with duracell now mm. that, was, that was good <laughs> this, this episode went exactly as i hoped that was incredible um yeah guys so great times uh i think we had some great ideas there and i think it just shows that the fact that we have to wish for some of this stuff that like still a long way to go in the industry but that was a lot of fun there and hopefully uh gonna talk about some we'll see next year maybe we'll we'll do it we're not gonna say like we hope to i hope to do it annually but um if next year we we do this hopefully i have some new wishes i'll we'll have to re-listen to the episode and figure out what we wish for hopefully there's some things we can scratch off the list and we can eventually just wish for other dumb stuff instead of stuff that would be really, really good for our lives. All right, guys. Yeah, uh, for sure. That was fun. Thank you so much. And thank you to all our listeners for being with us today. Be well and safe until the next time. Take care. Bye. Thank you.